into Lunch Plus. As you saw in the title today, we are going to be talking about how to discern God's voice. What does God's voice sound like? If you are just now tuning in, that's going to be coming up at 1215. But until then, we have an awesome broadcast for you full of fun seg segments. Make sure that you stick around and watch it. And if you're watching this in the replay, you can actually go below and click the timestamp and fast forward all this stuff. But do you really want to do that? Because today we've got such an awesome broadcast for you. Right now, we are at the top of our program, which means this is Family Chat, where we get to hang out with you, answer some questions together. It's a ton of fun, followed by Bible Trivia, where you can win some free money by answering Bible questions quickly. It's going to be a good one. And then we're going to follow that up with the five-second challenge, followed by Confessions, and then today's Top 10, and we are doing Top 10 Christmas songs. It's going to be a happy Top 10, followed by What's the Word with Pastor, which is why you clicked on this in the first place, how to hear God's voice. We're going to be doing that at 1215. Make sure that you stick around for that. But right now, like this broadcast and share it. If you're watching on YouTube, take this link and send it to somebody that you know so that way they can connect with what God is doing. And we're so excited to be here with you. Hello, I'm Barrett. And hello. And I'm here with Matthew. <clears throat> this voice just got really interesting. <laughs> hello. <laughs> <clears throat> so that while you were introducing, there was this whole thing going on with my water bottle. Yeah. This Is whole that thing. Why Kevin walked toward it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Also, I, I'm sorry it looks displeasing. <laughs> it is, it's Mio flavor and it doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, Mar as we were starting, Marky's like, I'm really jealous that you're drinking La Colombe like coffee because that looks way more fun than weird orange water things. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Priscilla said, is that orange water, Marky? <laughs> uh, Joni said, Marky, I watched memes with Marky on the replay and I was literally <gasps> LOLing. Oh, yeah. You were funny. See? Someone thought they were funny. Marky was really concerned that I yesterday's so were not concerned. funny. I was so concerned. I was so concerned. Thank you for being an encouragement from the Lord. <laughs> As we are hopping in, make sure that you comment. Tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that we can hang out with you. That's why we have this section at the very beginning, so that way we can hang out. And today we have questions. Make sure you answer them because the person who helps us hit 100 comments first, the fastest, gets a gift card we on do. us. And we, we just, we're in giving moods today. Today. So I really want, I don't want to be Oprah, but I want to have an Oprah moment where I'm like, and you get a gift card, and, and you, you get a gift and card. You. Like, I just want to stand and throw them. Anytime we do giveaways at the church, it's what I feel like. I'm I like, know. everyone gets gift cards. It's so I good. know. Um, Pastor Brian just put up, or somebody just put up, help us share the gospel. Buddy, is that is that what you just said? Buddy put it up under Pastor's name. Help us share the gospel to more people on YouTube by subscribing to our channel. It's true, guys. We are so close to having 100 followers on YouTube. And here's what happens when we hit 100 followers on YouTube. We can actually rename the YouTube channel so that way it's easier to find. Yeah. Instead of you having to sort through a whole bunch of weird pa Brian writes. Yes. Like, we can we can just make it youtube.com slash Brian Wright. It's going to be great. So subscribe if you haven't yet. Help us get the gospel out to people. Bertie, are you ready for our first official question? I am so ready. Well, before we get there, I, it's just a it's just a kidding. It's a tease. We're going to get into questions. But today we have something special for you. Have you seen the trend on social media where it's like something on something? Like I saw this with a whole bunch of celebrities. Like there was one celebrity called Mindy and she had like Lynn on Min and it was like Lynn manuel Miranda on 
on her. It's like a thing that's happening, like Elf on the Shelf. We yeah. have we have a thing that Buddy made that we want to show you. So have you heard of Elf on the Shelf? Well, let's look at some of these. If you can put up the first one. You've heard on, of Elf on the Shelf, but have you heard of Brian on a Lion? <laughs> look at how oh, perfect Oh my that gosh. Is, like how how is he in that position? Like, Buddy got it yesterday or the other day when Pastor was teaching and he photoshopped it. Wow, what a perfect moment I mean, to have him look like he's riding a I lion. I mean, it came from when he rode a lion. That's what it was. It came from what? Yeah, it no, came it, from when Pastor was riding the lion. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you heard of Nicole? It, it, oh, I guess it's just ours. Nicole on a pole, on a goal. Can I you? Don't, can I you don't see it. See it. It's is just it photoshopped out, buddy? Is it? Does the goal disappear? I think it's supposed to have a. It, oh, she said it's there. Maybe it's just our screen, and we can't see it. Okay. Well, Nicole. Oh, on I a goal. see it a little bit. Okay. Can you guys see it? There's there's a very faint goal. It's it's Nicole and a goal. Okay. Next one. Kevin says he struggles to laugh because he esteems Pastor. Pastor laughed, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you heard of Barrett on a Carrot? Yep. I look like I'm sledding down a hill on a rocket. <laughs> like <laughs> it looks so fun. Like you look like you're having a blast on that. <laughs> okay, next one. You've heard of Elf on the Shelf, but have you heard of Marky on Karky? <laughs> the way you said that. I had to say it like say it. I had to be the one to read it because yeah. I spent a solid minute this morning trying to like pronounce it so that way it rhymes. Oh, so what about Marky on a Sharpie? One is a K and one is a P. So it kind of works. Marky on a Sharpie? You don't think that works? No. Really? What? Unless you did Marky on a Sharky, and it was like, you want a shark? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Buck is going big shark. <laughs> Natalie's laughing really hard at that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, next one. We have a few. You've heard of the Elf on the Shelf, but have you heard of Paul on a Wall? That was, this was easier. This was very easy. I'm not going to lie, that would be a really great and also super scary computer it's kind background. Of, it is, it's kind of scary. Can you imagine having that be your computer background and opening it up to bam, there's Paul's face every day? <sighs> like a, a shot of adrenaline. Like. <laughs> okay, do we have another one? Do we have buddies? Okay, do you understand this? I don't this even want to read it to you. I want you to tell us what it is. Does anybody get it? Because I had to have it explained to me. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you heard of Buddy in the Study? Now, here's the thing. I got in the study, but I, I needed him to explain to me why he needed to be holding a wrench. Like, <laughs> I get that that's, like, from Clue, but yeah. it, when I saw it the first time, I was like, Buddy in the Study with a wrench? Wrench Buddy. Buddy Wrench? Study Wrench Buddy? I didn't recognize that it was a wrench. I was like, what metallic object is stuck on your leg right now? Like, <laughs> I, I saw it like right as I was going to bed. So that was like the last thing my, like my brain saw. So I'm lying there last night and in my brain trying to fall asleep. I'm like, is that Buddy with a Swiss Army knife? Like, what does Swiss Army <laughs> knife have to do with Buddy? Like, I don't. 
I was like so I was like I'm going to get this without anyone telling me and then and then pastor told me and I was like there's no way I would have gotten that not with the wrench the wrench threw us off that is the last one that we have of the elf on the shelf oh, ones. oh just kidding this was my suggestion that I had you've heard really? of elf on the shelf but have you heard of buddy on a nutty buddy nutty. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. I also thought that you could have shortened Buddy's name to Bud. Like, Bud on a Spud. I thought Buddy on a Bunny would have worked. I uh, totally... To super work with your rhyming. It kind of rhymes. <laughs> Come on. It kind of goes. You're getting the last sound, but the all this, like... It rhymes. It, it's better than Buddy on a Nutty Bar. Come on. <laughs> a Nutty Buddy. That's what they're called, Nutty Buddy. <laughs> buddy on a Nutty Buddy. Fine. I, Don't I, use my rhyme. I still think that if we shortened his name and your Bud. name, it would have opened Bud up. Bud on crud. That's what I said. I said that one. <laughs> Bud on crud, Bud on mud, Bud on a spud. I don't know what a spud is. It's a potato. You're from Maine. It's a potato? Potato spud. Like the little things on it? Or no? Just the potato, baby. The potato itself is called a spud? <laughs> what do you mean? Did you guys know the potatoes What do you spuds? mean? Like, I'm going to have some mashed spuds? Like, yes. who uses that? Ferret. What? I'm hearing yes? You guys say I'm having mashed spuds? <laughs> But on suds. I mean, like, I'm just imagining things now. Why in the world? <laughs> Billy's there to support me. Never heard of a spud. You guys are Thanks, from Billy. Well, you were in Jersey, so maybe that, like, knocked That's it true. out of you. It kind of did. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's hop into our first official question. Wow. <laughs> Would you rather eat a whole turkey in one sitting or never eat turkey again? Um, I know my answer. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> turkey wasn't even on her Thanksgiving top ten foods. I didn't even eat it. No, that's not true. I ate. I ate like a piece because Pastor made it. Oh. Um. I would probably say never again. Because if I wanted, if I ate the whole turkey, I would never want it again. So Valid. both get me the same result of Truth. never again. <laughs> and I don't want. Look, when we did the Thanksgiving pie eating thing, like we couldn't even eat a whole pie. And it was That's like true. our body went through some shock afterwards. It did. Like, I, so I, I don't ever want to eat turkey. Uh, so far, everybody, Buddy and George that I've seen, Buddy, George, and Pastor Nicole are the only people who have said a whole turkey. Everyone else has said skip it. Um, Sherman isn't answering, he's just saying ha ha. <laughs> I like that it's H A A. Ha, ha. That's how Sherman laughs, though. He's like, I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> and then you'll just forget. Um, Buddy says, well, I have gravy and mashed taters with it. You mean mashed spuds? Yeah, mashed spuds. Um, here's the thing. Do you want to eat, like, additional food with your entire turkey? Like, that's so it much. Might, it might help break it up, though. Like, some mashed potatoes would help break it up, though. Or at gravy. What, at least gravy. At what point does your body protest and it's like, explode? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of want to find out. but Evan is laughing at us. He says, I would try. Julie said you would sleep for a month. <laughs> you just go into a turkey coma. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like turkey, so I'm good. Okay, question number two. Would you rather give up Christmas cookies or give up Christmas trees? Cookies. cookies. What wow. are you going to do? Open up your presents around a cookie? 
Okay, well here's the thing. So far the only cookie comment like in the room, like Kevin Buck is our sole person in the room right now who has said that he would keep cookies. Yes. What? But that's he's married to Julie. Julie. Oh, she's so she's an amazing cook. <laughs> she's an amazing cook. Kevin behind the camera is getting very aggressive and he's like, "I'm married to Julie. I'm keeping I'm married the cookies." To Julie. Guys, it happened. We hit 100 comments. Yay! Kevin Nowicki, you are our 100th commenter. seen many trees uh, except Evan I think Evan you said Christmas trees correct George said he'd give out cookies Serena said she'd give out cookies Joni says she'd give out cookies I would give out cookies because you can't open up your presents around like a, a sofa or like yeah a chair nothing. Or, around nothing no like what are you gonna do dress up your coat rack like Merry Christmas. what about what about Christmas lights what are you gonna hang them on did you just hear Kevin no. he's like what about a wreath what are you going to do, have like a wreath freestanding in a living room like you, at a funeral? You like would be okay opening up cr presents around a wreath? With a box full of Christmas cookies my wife made. Can you hear him? He, he said, said with, with a box full of <laughs> Christmas cookies my wife made. Pastor Nicole is in the comments trying to figure out the next elf on a shelf. Because this is really Johnny her gifting. Johnny on a tsunami. Johnny on a tsunami. <laughs> Pastor Nicole is like extra skilled at like she cheesy rhymes. She is. Like she's quick. It's like an anointing that's upon her. She like she didn't miss her calling, but I feel like she could have a secret profession in Hallmark card writing. Like I feel like you do really well with that pastoral call. <laughs> oh, okay, I would just say it. Sing it. No, sing it. Oh, Christmas wreath. Oh, oh Christmas wreath. How wonderful was your circle? <laughs> okay, question number three. Our last one of the day. Would you rather be an elf in Santa's shop or a reindeer in Santa's sleigh? Now, here's the thing. If you watch Rudolph, you know that both of these positions get abused in that movie. So which <laughs> way would you like? <laughs> Pastor Cole says, fun fact, in seventh grade, I wanted to work for Hallmark. I knew that. And uh, you would have done super well. Uh, Arabella says she would rather be an elf. Johnny says an elf. I'm so surprised. Same. I an elf. We have another one. I thought there was only one clear answer. I know. Me too. Like, I'm all rainbow. I know. You get to be out having fun in the sky. You're flying. You're wearing fur. Like, you're made of fur. So, like, it's not like you're getting cold. You get to Pastor, be with Santa. Pastor Nicole says an elf. George what? Should, now, here's our reindeer people. George and Becca. Reindeer, reindeer. Oh. Joni says elf. Kevin says wow. elf. I'm shocked right wow. now. Wow. Serena says elf, too. I'm Rachel shocked. Rachel says elf. What? Explain to me your reasoning. Everybody, yes, please explain. <laughs> Johnny says I fix things for a living. Here's the thing. If you're a reindeer, you don't care if it's snowing. It's like playtime. Think of it's, Yeah, you're just flying around all the time. Think of your pets that you have, like that are just frolicking in the snow. It's just exciting. If like I wow, I would never be I an know. elf. I know. Would you rather work wow. or, or or go out and play with Santa? Wow, it's not like Santa pays his elves. Like, at least reindeer get Everyone, fed at each house. <laughs> Everyone's like, I would, I would get a lot of fulfillment out of my elf work. And I'm like, woohoo, let's go fly. <laughs> this is like, everyone's giving these adult answers. <laughs> um, 
Um, Buddy says reindeer, but I miss why. Um, Kevin says flying equals reindeer. Kevin says he doesn't want to be an animal, but you'd rather be an elf? They're not like humans. Um, Joni says that she's pretty sure the elves can frolic too. Eo says I can stay warm as an elf. Reindeer fly through snow and weather, then do nothing for a year. They have fur. Duh. They rest. It's vacation time. Oh, it's the dream. You work for one day and then you play. Jose says, I like to fly, so I'll be the animal. Arabella says, reindeers are smelly and they don't talk. They don't, they do too talk. Watch Rudolph. Um, and they can't smell each other. They don't care. Buddy said, Pastor, I don't know what Buddy said, but I'm assuming it was something besmirching Rudolph because Pastor Nicole is aggressive in the comments back to Buddy. That's mean. Bless his shiny weird nose. <laughs> Jenny said, if everyone is a reindeer, who makes the toys? I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't being all like responsible with this. Like I, there's a bigger picture taking place and that's great. I'm glad that you guys are thinking big. I'm thinking I want to fly. That's as yeah. far as I went. I want to fly. Oh my gosh. You guys are all such good people. Joni says, I like that they have fur has been a consistent argument. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Before we transition into Bible trivia with Buddy, we want to congratulate Rachel Ann Wright, who is our computer director extraordinaire. She crushed her finals. She, the Lord helped her. She got a 95. She is a super smart ladybug. And we're so pleased with you. Good job, E. We love you. Pastor Nicole shouted you out in the comments, so we wanted to make sure that we celebrated you. But now it is time to hop into Bible trivia. Keep your typing fingers ready because you can win some free money mm -hmm. on us. Free money with Buddy. Does money and Buddy ride? You're going to tell me no. <laughs> no one's saying yes. It's just Pastor. It's just Marky. Okay, we're going to hand it over to you now, Buddy. Get ready. Take this time, share the broadcast, and get ready to win. Hey everyone, welcome to Bible Trivia. I don't know if you heard that, but I just heard it. Going live in one, two, three, one, go. It was great. All right, anyway, with that being said, my name is Buddy. I just burnt my tongue on tea, and it's time for Bible <laughs> Trivia. We, we're going to have a good show today. Um, here's how Bible trivia works. You have an opportunity to win a gift card on us. What we're going to be doing is we're going to give you guys five multiple choice questions about the Bible. Amen. Because it's Bible trivia, you know. Yeah. So um, what we're going to be doing is he here's how we would like for you to uh, put your answers in the comments. That way uh, we know which question you're on and what's going on. What we want you to do is when the question comes up, for example, for question number one, we would like for you to put in a number one and your answer. For example, thank you, Kevin. Kevin put it in the uh, uh, over on YouTube. 
I, I'm, and thank you, Mother. Mother also put one over on Facebook. I was going to type one in and try to keep talking, but I can't type and talk at the same time. Um, but we would like you to put the number of the question and the letter of your answer, A, B, C, or D. That way we know what's going on. And we would like for you guys also, well, this is how we're going to determine who is going to win on our restream chat. Um, it might look different from your chat than on ours, but the first person to give the correct answer on our chat will get a gift card on us. And you can win up to five gift cards uh, today. There's no limit. If you are like dominating and you get it first every single time, you get, you get a gift card every single time. So with that being said, let's jump in to Bible trivia. Let's jump into question number one. Question number one for today's Bible trivia. Finish the verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive blank. Is it A, a crown? Is it B, greater grace? Is it C, mercy? Or is it D, a stimulus check? Finish the verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive what? All right, I'm seeing the answers coming in pretty quickly now. They're coming in quick. They're coming in hot. What is the correct answer? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive C, mercy. <laughs> Pastor Nicole said D, abundance. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good joke. But the correct answer was C, and that goes to Arabella over on YouTube. Well done, Arabella. That one goes to you. Arabella, you, are, you do a very good job on this segment. Um, I bet this is your favorite segment. Anyway, with, George said E, cookies. Uh, no, that's not what the Bible says. All right, let's jump into question number two. Question number two, uh, how many rivers did the river in Eden split into once it left the garden? Was it A2, B4, C7, or D40? How many rivers did the, gar did the river in Eden split into once it left the garden? Was it two, four, seven, or 40? All right, I'm seeing the I see the correct answer. I see him coming in. What is the correct answer? It is, in fact, B4. B4. And that one, guess who? That goes to Arabella over on YouTube. You got what? The Tigers, the Euphrates, you got... Um, two others that I can't remember right now, but yes, it turned into four rivers. Pastor Nicole said, D, it is a feminine river and couldn't decide which way to go. So it went <laughs> 40 ways. That's funny. All right. <laughs> I'm very entertained by your responses, Pastor Nicole. I just would like to let you know. All right. Question number three. What did God tell Moses to do before approaching the burning bush? A, did he tell him to cover his face? B, did he say, make an offering? C, take off his sandals? Or D, eat some bread? What did God tell Moses to do before approaching the burning bush? All right, I'm seeing the answers coming in pretty quickly. I'm seeing the answers come quickly. Remember, guys, if, when you're giving your answer, make sure to put the number of the question before your answer. But that, the correct answer for this one is... C, take off his sandals, and guess who? Arabella over on YouTube. I'm telling you, so, someone needs to, someone needs to, uh, I, I'm, I'm really curious if Arabella's gonna, gonna do a wipeout this time, because she's gotten close several times, but she's never done it fully. 
Um, Pastor Nicole said D because God is not a fan of low carb diets. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, yes, the correct answer was in fact C and that goes to Arabella over on YouTube. Well done, Arabella. And I would like to add, I know we've mentioned this already, but YouTube seems to be quicker than Facebook when it comes to these live streams. So if you want, if you want a chance, uh, swipe up in the, com in the comments because we've given the, uh, the link to go to our YouTube. So, so if you want to go over to YouTube and try it out over there, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Anyway, with that being said, let's jump into question number four. See if someone can beat Arabella this time. Who warned David that Saul was trying to kill him? Was it A, Jonathan, B, God, C, Samuel, or D, Saul's second cousin? Who warned David that Saul was trying to kill him? Was it A, Jonathan, B, God, C, Samuel, or D, Saul's second cousin? Ooh, they're coming in quick. Ooh, someone beat Arabella this time. What, what, a, what a turn of events. How the turntables... <laughs> that, people think I just quoted that wrong, but I quoted it right, if, if, you, if you understand. All right, the correct answer is, in fact, A, Jonathan, and that goes to Johnny over on YouTube, J.M. Shaver 13. Johnny Shaver. It, you know what I just realized? Your last name is Shaver, and you have a big beard, <laughs> which means he's not a shaver. Question number five. <laughs> Question number five. According to Revelation, what will Jesus return while riding upon? Will he be riding on a chariot of fire? Will he be riding on the clouds? Will he be riding on a white horse? Or will he be riding on a pegasus? What will Jesus be returning on? Will it be a chariot of fire? Will it be a the clouds, will it be a white horse, or will it be D, a pegasus? I'm seeing a lot of answers coming in pretty quickly. And the correct answer is B, the clouds. And that goes, let me, let me look in here. That one actually goes to Jose and Billy Joe Romero over on YouTube. Well done, guys. That one goes to you. Pastor Nicole said E, a narwhal. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And I would just like to say the white horse, um, that just makes me think of, uh, what's his face? Uh, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Gandalf the White. Gandalf the White. But no, Gandalf the White rode a white horse, but Jesus will come in on a white cloud. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining us today for... Bible trivia. <laughs> I, for, I forgot. <laughs> For Bible trivia. Now we're going to be moving on to the five-second challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you in just a second. Maybe more than five seconds for the five-second challenge. That was corny. That was stupid. Just, just jumping in the transition. <laughs> Woo! 
What's up, guys? Hey, everybody. What, what was that? What was that? You both did like the same it's thing. It's physical excitement. Ooh. Excitement. All right. Well, let's try this again. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome oh. to the five, the five second, second challenge. challenge. Why can't I remember the name? Welcome of to the five second challenge. We've literally been doing these for like months. A while. <laughs> for a while. Welcome to the five second challenge. It's right. gonna be a lot of fun. It yes, is. Amen. I haven't done this one for a little bit. I'm excited. Ooh. Yeah, no, this is this is actually. I remember when you and Serena were doing. Yeah, this we you did guys so good. This is one of those games that Serena is like, like scary good at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, she is. It's She's crazy, but. I'm sure you guys are going to be just We'll be fine. So basically, we have to work as a team. We're not competing against each other. We, Me and Kevin have to work as a team to get these answers in quick. Yeah, exactly. So here's how the five-second challenge goes. All right, one of our contestants will be looking at the screen. We'll put up, today it's going to be a Christmas movie. We'll put up a Christmas movie, and you will have five seconds to get the other person to guess the Christmas movie. Can we have our little dinger? Oh, bell. We need have a bell. A bell. Oh, he's yeah. gonna like hold us to the five seconds too. I'm holding you to the five oh. seconds. Oh, this is wow. the part of the show that I don't appreciate I, because the, I like a little more flexibility in things. Hey, I give you. I give, I uh, usually give you like an, an extra, extra like an three extra? seconds yeah. before I dig. We might need it today. There's a lot of Christmas there, movies. There, there out. are a lot yeah. of Christmas movies. Okay. okay. All right. Well. I'll for, to slip the Okay. To start okay. off, I'll have, okay. I'll have Kevin. You look at the screen. Kevin's okay. screen. Marky, you do not. And let's jump into our first movie of the five-second challenge. Lord help me. Uh, it's about Santa Claus and Macy's. It had little little Marathon Rachel Wood. Street. There you go. <laughs> well done. Well done. I got it. Awesome. You got I it. I got it. I got it. She got it. <laughs> so excited. She got it. Okay. Right. What was that? <laughs> All right. All right. Now, Marky, you look. Kevin, you okay. don't. Okay. All right. Let's jump into our next movie. Get it right. For the five-second challenge. <laughs> let's see if you can get all of them correct. I'm oh, so much anticipation. All right, let's put it up. If it's ready, there we go. Uh, it had, it's about the, the department store trying to get the toy, and it has the... Uh, Give it all the way. Yes! <laughs> oh, we're black! <laughs> yes! We just entered into a black hole today on the Whoa. broadcast. It is very but, somber. Hello. But, don't, but don't look, because I don't want you to see the next... The next uh, oh, don't okay, look. We neither. can't look. Can yeah, you, it's, is it's it your turn to look? I'm supposed to look now, You're supposed right? to look now. Okay, I can look now. Well, okay. We're back. We're back. Okay. We're back. All right. So all you really had to say with that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know, I couldn't remember his name. I know, I know, I'm sorry. It. I got it. I'm, yeah, but okay, you still you got, got it. it. Let, let's see if we can get all of them today. Okay. All right, oh, let, the pressure. All right, Kevin, you heavy. Look. Let's do the I'm next one. What is okay. our next, next, one, next one. movie? <sighs> it's coming. It's coming. There it is. Oh, oh um, uh, Scrooge. Uh, uh, a Christmas Carol. Yes. <laughs> nice. You only needed one word for that one. Yes. Hey, that's true. <laughs> well done. All right, you are three for eight. Okay. Three for eight? eight? Aren't there four? No, there are eight? No, there's eight. Okay. There's eight. All right, let's put okay, our next no, one up. I haven't okay. even heard the bell ring yet, so we're I good. Know. We're good. Um, um, it has... Everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong in this movie. And it has the big... I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. oh, you're giving me more time? Oh. I didn't know. You got I it. Was... You got it. I got it. You got it? Yes, I got it. I don't know how it goes wrong. I can only think of that movie. Yes. 
Well, so thank didn't, you. Didn't all go wrong. I would have automatically gone with Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, uh, I thought of that. that. As soon as oh. I said that, I was like, dang, that sounds like Christmas with the Cranks, too. But thank you so I'm much. Amazed. That's the Lord. Great. <laughs> that's the Lord. <laughs> that's the Lord. I feel like that's right. kind of how this game goes. All right, next one. Okay. I'm looking. No, no. no oh, we point. both looked. <laughs> we right. both looked. Kevin! Home alone. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> well, well done, guys. Thanks. All right, let's. Who's let's, supposed to look? Um, it's her turn now. Ke Kevin's look. I just, I just Kevin gave looks. the clue. Wait, you just gave the clue? Yeah. You gave the clue with Christmas vacation. But I just did Home Alone. Okay, sure. All right, Mark, you look. Okay. Next one. Let's put it up. It's about like they're like dancers and singers, and they're at like this lodge. White Christmas. Yeah, I just watched this for the first time. Oh, wow, that movie. Look love at that the movie. favor of the Lord leading me, preparing me for this segment. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. We are one more. Yeah, I'm not I'm looking. looking. You're looking. I'm looking. One more, and we'll and we'll end this. Oh yeah, buddy, the elf. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I put this on. On here specifically because a lot of people like that movie. Yes, it's very good. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm having some childhood trauma coming back. Oh, you know. All right. Hey. We got all of them. Basically. We got all of them. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I said we like I participated. <laughs> you did. I kind of did by giving you some. Uh, here's where you yeah. participated for me. Most times, I can expect some serious difficulty in mm -hmm. some of the things you throw out there. This time you were was, merciful. Oh, yes. Merciful. He was very he merciful. Was the merciful. Kind of, we really had a chance. For they yes. shall receive yes, mercy. Yes, he did. And he didn't yeah. even hit the bell on me. Yes. Thank You're you. welcome. All right, well guys, thank you for joining us for Five Second Challenge. Now we're gonna be moving on to confessions. confessions. It's gonna be awesome. We'll see you in just a second for that. Bye guys. I'm Kevin. We're going to go into a little time of confessions here, which is important in our life as we confess the Word of God. This, uh, the power of the Word over our lives is, is something you can't uh, really overestimate. You really need to see the, the Word of God come to fruit. So speak it over your life. We're going to go into our confession for today, which is confession number four of our list of seven. You can put it up for me. Here's the confession. Every weapon formed against us is exposed, will not prosper, and is destroyed. Every weapon. Every weapon. And we talked about this last week. We, we actually talked about how the, the devil has different weapons that he uses against you. When you see something coming against your life in any way that's not in line with the word of God, confess this over your life. That every weapon formed against us, will not prosper, will be exposed, and is destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, now we're going to move forward to our next top 10 with Barrett. This will be a good one. I think I'm going to probably have more than like four or five this time. I'm probably going to have eight or nine of them on her list because she's doing some top 10 Christmas songs today. So stay with us for just a second. We'll switch over. We'll be right back. 
welcome to top 10. And before we get started, reminder, I know that you guys clicked on to hang out with us, but for those of you who are clicking on to watch What's the Word, today we're going to be talking about what does God's voice sound like? How can I discern what God's voice sounds like? We're going to be hopping into that in just about 10 minutes. It's coming up in 10 minutes. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be going into that in 10 minutes. But right now we're doing my top 10 list and here's how this works. I let you guys know what I think is the best and you guys let me know how you think I'm wrong. It's typically how this segment works. <laughs> but today I think that we can, we can find harmony, we can find peace, we can, I, I think it's going to be a good day. Um, here, here we go. Now, right from the get-go, can you guys put up the image that says bonus at the bottom? Like that's what the title of this one is. It doesn't look like an official top 10 graphic list. It says bonus and it has, um, has like a blue CD looking on it. Can you put that up? I'm, I'm putting them on the spot right now. So I'm seeing if they, if they've got it. Here's, here's, okay. I found this last night and this is going to be super important as we go into this list because my entire childhood, this was the only CD we listened to, the Time Life Treasury Christmas CD. And it has the classics on there. I found this yesterday on Amazon. I had no idea what the CD was and I just thought about it the other day and the Lord showed me it's like 40 bucks on Amazon right now. So I'm not, I'm not buying that, but it's, it's, it's being saved for a later date. But here's, here's why I say this because everybody Christmas songs, everybody's got your favorites and I'm going to be very true to myself as I normally am on these top tens. And I need to let you know out of the gate, I have never listened to Michael Bublé's Christmas album never listened to it. I've listened to like snippets of it. So you are not going to find Michael Buble on here because I don't listen to his Christmas album. So there you go. Right out of the gate. I wanted to get that awkwardness over with. I knew that it would be there because I had Marky and Kevin very strongly pressuring me to include him on this list. He's not on there because I haven't listened to him. Let's hop into my number 10 song. Tell me right now what you guys think is your number one favorite Christmas song. Jade wants to know what I'm drinking. I'm drinking La Cologne coffee. Um, that's what I'm drinking. So here we go. Number 10. Number 10 is White Christmas. I like the Bing Crosby version. Um, also, all the music in the background, that's the actual sheet music for each song that I put up. So just as a fun fact. But White Christmas is such a great, like, happy, like, you hear it and it's just, ah, okay. I'm dreaming. Deb, Deb's number one favorite song is number 10. How exciting. Deb, or Jade says, I say Michael Buble's name so great. Uh, you should hear Jade try and say it. It's really fun. Um, Mama Chris says, Oh, Holy Night is her number one. What an exciting time. Uh, Buddy says, White Christmas should be number one. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely in my top 10, but it doesn't like evoke merriment and wonder and, oh, look at how exciting. It's, yeah. That's okay. I like it though. And Bing Crosby is great. Priscilla says, Oh, Holy Night is her all-time favorite. She loves that line when the soul felt its worth. Um, so Kevin Buck says his favorites, Oh, Holy Night. Buddy says, I repent. It should be number two. Oh, Holy Night should be number one. I'm glad that Buddy found Jesus in this time that we've commented. Number nine. Number nine is all I want for Christmas is you. 
Now, this song makes me happy because George proposed to me at Christmas time. And so this was like the song of, oh, we're getting married, it's Christmas. But I don't love Mariah Carey. So it's not higher because it's Mariah Carey. Um, also, do you know how special it is to find like an appropriate, like modest picture of Mariah Carey to include on a graphic to put on a Christian broadcast? I do. It's super interesting. <laughs> Marky says this is a solid Christmas song. Thank you. Deb says that the song makes her want to vomit. Um, that's a very strong emotion. Deb is our very like logical medical nurse, so that's that's a very strong emotion. She strongly dislikes this song, is what she's telling me in the comments. I like it. This is a happy like George and I are getting married, and now I get all I want for Christmas. It's so exciting. Okay, number eight. But I understand why people don't like it. It's Mariah Carey. Number eight is Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year by Burl Ives. Oh, what a good, solid, like that. I feel like that should be the first Christmas song everybody listens to because it's like, ah, here we go. It's Holly Jolly time. You like do your happy, jolly lumberjack dance and it's just, it's exciting. Um, I like this song. Kevin Buck says that Michael Buble did All I Want for Christmas is You. Well, I may, maybe I'll go listen to that one because really it's, uh, uh, Marky says she likes this one. Serena says that uh, Holly Jolly Christmas definitely has merriment and wonder. Um, Kevin Buck says that Michael Buble did this one too. I understand. You can listen to the song by whichever artist you want to listen to the song by that is at your discretion. I just, I don't need to hear a crooner that sounds like Burl Ives when I can hear Burl Ives sing the song. Like that's, and I'm good. Deb says she likes this one. It reminds her of Rudolph. Okay, next. Dun, 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 dun. Number seven is do you hear what I hear? This song makes me so excited. Like when I hear this song, I basically imagine like somebody standing on a platform and it's like very triumphant and oh, it's such a good one. Can you put it back up? I, is it Bing that sings this? Yeah, Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby is my Christmas fella. Like he is set, he's who I like to listen to at Christmas time. But this song is just so great and powerful and Jesus and oh, it's so good. Marky says she's okay without that one. I get that, but I, I like belting this one out. It's not Bill Cosby, it's Bing Crosby. That's important. Um, Marky says that this one and the drummer boy can go away. I don't agree with this one, but the drummer boy, meh. I don't need to listen to that one. I don't need to watch that movie. I'm good. Okay, next number six is, as we put it up, here comes, here comes, here comes. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell chimes and jingle bell rhymes. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. I, this song is my happy, like, woohoo. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed the theme. I want my songs to be happy. I, like Marky shared a couple weeks ago how last Christmas she listened to it and imagined herself suffering heartbreak while staring out a car window like as it's raining and stuff. Um, I'm probably at, she says she was a kid, which I don't think makes it better, but I want to listen to things at Christmas that are peppy and jolly and exciting. And Jingle Bell Rock makes me dance every single time like I'm a little child. And that particular version of Jingle Bell Rock. I don't want to hear like Glee's version of Jingle Bell Rock or the pen Pentatonix is not on this list, guys. 
I don't need to hear pentatonics at Christmas time. I want to hear the classics. Um, Deb says these are all like oldie goldie songs and singers. I'm impressed given your age. Thank you, Deb. I'm patting myself on the shoulder for you. Um, Buddy says we've all stared out of a car window in the rain and pretended we were in a movie. You and Marky have super interesting childhood like tales. <laughs> okay, next, number five is walking in a winter wonderland. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Dean Martin, Dean Martin, man, you're such a great crooner. And I understand Michael Bublé does a version of this song. I know. I know he does a version of the song, and if you like that version of this song, go listen to Michael Buble. But he got it from Dean Martin. So, I mean, you can listen to the remix, or you can listen to the OG sing it, and Dean Martin is really, really great. Number or four, we're on number four. Number four is, Oh, come all ye faithful. Now you'll notice on this one, you can keep the graphic up for a second, I don't have a particular singer that sings this because I like listening to this song as a faster version. Again, like I want, I like songs that make me feel excited. And normally when you hear that song, it's very like, oh, come all ye faithful joyful like it's it 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 really again to each their own what whichever way you like to listen to it the lyrics are what does this for me but I really really like listening to the faster version of the song and I couldn't find one yesterday and so I just told you what song it was sing it however you want to sing it the lyrics are excellent like oh come all you faithful joyful and triumphant come to Bethlehem come and behold him like ugh, what a great song about the birth of Jesus and ushering people into the presence on that note Marky says meh <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave that there um it's good to know her feelings since we've been singing this song in church recently so that's good to know um Deb says that she really, really likes this list. Well done. I'm pleased I'm pleasing you. Uh, Deb says that in Excelsis Deo is a good one too. She's sure that she butchered the spelling. It's okay. I knew what you meant. It was phonetic. It works out. Okay, next, number three. Here's where it's going to get controversial. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. I am sure that the majority of you probably don't know this song. You should, though. This is an excellent song. And this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. I'm a white girl singing this song. This is a Motown Christmas song, and it is such a good one. Like, I hear... Fun fact, like Motown is one of my favorite types of music. Like it makes me super happy. But this Christmas song, like I think I just heard it on The Preacher's Wife the other day when I was watching that Christmas movie. And it's just, oh, it's such a good one. Go, go listen to it. Buddy, I rebuke thee. I, that song is not on this list. Um, Kevin asked, who is Donny Hathaway? The guy that sings that song. That's who he is. Um, <laughs> Deb says she's going to go, meh, for this one. Listen to it before you say meh. It's a, like, this is one that's a happy, happy song. It's not my number one. Nobody. It's not Anne Hathaway. It's not her. Um, I've, I'm really impressed with how much um, confusion you're putting in the comments by giving your different celebrity names, though. This Christmas. Such a good one. Okay, number two. Number two 
And we're only a couple minutes away from what's the word with pastor. So get ready for that. But number two on this list is it's the most wonderful time of the year. Like guys, is there a more Christmassy song that like to get you in the mood for Christmas than Andy Williams singing? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh my goodness. What? Like, I hear that song and it comes in with all the instruments and I'm just, here we go, here we go, buddy, or buddy, I'm, I'm, I'm done reading buddy's comments. Deb says, yes, strong arm and trees. Rachel says, meh, meh, back to you, man. This is such a good Christmas song. I like that song. Buddy says, I love Serena Williams. Because the guy's name is Andy Williams. Do you get it? It's comic. It's good. Um, Kevin Buck says, top 10 has to have Andy Williams. 100%. You can't not have it. Johnny says he likes that one. Priscilla says this is a great list. Guys, we've been happy today. Except for the Donny Hathaway one. And I knew that there'd be questions. Deb says, where are the chipmunks? They better be number one. <laughs> On the worst Christmas song list, maybe. Um, number one Christmas song? Put it up. It's not Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It is Oh Holy Night, guys. And here's the thing. I don't care who sings this song either. Doesn't have to be Josh Groban. Um, I just wanted to pull up somebody who I knew sang it well, so that way you guys could have a reference point. But Oh Holy Night is so, so good. Like, it is such an anointed song. Hearing it, oh, what a song that one is. Deb says, or maybe a hippopotamus? Nope, neither of those things. Nope. I have been to enough school productions where like little children are like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, a hippopotamus will do. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Um, I love you though, very, very much. Uh, Julie says, love your list. Um, Buddy says he agrees that Josh Groban is epic. I'm just going to fix his spelling. Clearly autocorrect changed what he typed out. Um, so it says Josh Brolin, but I know he meant Josh Groban because he wouldn't want to put confusion in the comments. That's not Buddy. Um, Kevin Nowicki says, yes, oh, holy night. Guys, this has been top 10. And what a happy top 10 this was. There was excitement. There, guys, I, I really enjoyed this. Here's what's going on right now. Right now, we are going to be getting ready to go into what's the word with Pastor Brian. But before we do that, speaking of Christmas, I want to let you guys know what is happening here at Boomerang this Sunday. This Sunday, we are having our Christmas at Boomerang Church. It's going to be such a great, great day. Here's what we're doing. We are having giveaways. We're going to be giving away for every child 10 and under that come. We will have one free gift for every child under 10. We are going to be giving away a lady's purse. We are going to be giving away a smoker grill. It's going to be wonderful. And then we're going to have a free meal where after the service, we're going to be having lunch all together. Guys, it's just going to be such an awesome time. And we want you to come and be a part of it. You know, we're in a season where lots of churches are online and we're not knocking that at all. But I know the word says that do not forsake the assembling together. And at Christmas time, when we are worshiping Jesus and the fact that our Savior 
Savior came and was born, we want to make sure that we are assembling together. And we want to give you a place to come where you can assemble with us. So that'll be this Sunday here at Boomerang Church at 10 a.m. Now we are going to be handing this over to Pastor Brian. Before we do, make sure that you, if you're on YouTube right now, like or like put the thumbs up. That's important. Subscribe to our channel. We're only a few people away from being able to rename our actual channel. So you can find us that much easier. Deb, great point before I move off of Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas photo booth. Like we're going to have free family pictures that we're going to take of you and your family. So come ready to take a family picture. It's one of our gifts to you. We just, we love y'all so much. So thank you for being here. We're about to hop into what's the word. We're in a series on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And today, what does God's voice sound like? Have you ever wondered? God talks to you. What does he sound like when he's talking to you? How can you hear God's voice? That's what we're talking about today. So take this time right now, share the broadcast, and we're going to hop into it. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Brian, and it's going to be great. We'll see you here in just a second. Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? And today we're talking about what does God's voice sound like and how can I discern that? What does he sound like? And uh, as we're jumping into this here in a few minutes, we're also going to talk about how you can increase your hearing from the Lord. As we talked about yesterday, God wants to be involved in our lives and he actually wants these things uh, to be heard from us so that the plans that he have, has for us can be fulfilled and we can walk in the destiny. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you. God knows them, but we want to know them and he wants us to know them. We see that Jesus actually says, uh, there we go, I'm in the dark. <laughs> uh, we actually see that Jesus actually says that he has a desire to disclose all things to us. Uh, he wants to share with us what his plans are. And the plans of God are to give us a future and a hope for us to fare well and not for calamity. But in order to reach those plans, we have to hear from them. So I just want to say hello to everybody. Uh, we're jumping in right now. 
uh, share the broadcast, tell us where you're watching from, and let's jump right in. All right, so the first thing that we're looking at today is, what does God's voice sound like? And when we look at what does God's voice sound like, one of the things that we want to see is first, Romans 8 and verse 14. Uh, how does God communicate with us? So Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. You'll see this. Romans 8 and verse 14. It says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God or the children of God. So one of the things that you see is the leading of God comes through the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit always is our connection to that voice. He's why Jesus went away so that we could be led by the Spirit of God. Now, if you jump down uh, two verses to verse 16, you'll see this. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And so what you see, another word for testify is the Spirit gives us a witness that we are the children of God. And so what will happen is the Holy Spirit, once we are born again, we have this connection between us and God by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give us a witness on the inside of us that we're His children. Well, right here you see the main way that God speaks to us. But what does His voice sound like? How does it come through? What does the voice of God sound like? And so let me give you a few of these verses here, and I want you to see this. Let's look at John 10, 27. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice. And so what does that tell them? This is Jesus speaking. What does this tell us about God's will for our voice? Uh, his voice. He wants us to hear it. This is a part of his plan. God wants us to hear his voice, each one of us individually. He says, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. In other words, they will follow him because they hear. Hearing God's voice is a part of his plan, but what does that voice, uh, what does that voice uh, sound like? And look at back a couple of verses at John 10, 4. It says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow them, for they know his voice. God wants us to hear his voice because as we follow him, we'll be led out of danger, we'll be led into prosperity, we'll be led into all of the plans for us to fare well and to lead us away from calamity. We'll be led by his voice into the place, combining Jeremiah 29, 11, we'll be led by his voice into the place where we will fare well, avoid calamity, and we'll also have a future and a hope. And Bible hope is a joy, a confidence, an expectation. These are the things that can happen by his voice. So again, the question we're looking at today is what does it sound like? Here's what it sounds like. So the first thing is the booming voice of God, right? The booming voice of God. This is, this is a loud voice that's audible. Now, this is also, I would say, probably the most rare. Uh, this, is, this is the booming voice of God. So let's go, first of all, to Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, and let's just look at a couple examples of this. In Revelation chapter 1, he says this, 
he says, uh, John to the seven churches. He's sitting there, and, and then he says, I heard a voice behind me, right? I heard a voice. He says, I, look at verse, uh, let's see here. There you go. He says, uh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day in verse 10, Revelation 1.10. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like the sound of a trumpet. Now, what I want you to see is this voice was not inside him. He heard it behind him. This was an audible voice of God. And in verse 12, he says, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. Now, let's go over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And we see here the conversion of Saul as he gets born again, and he starts to become what we know as the Apostle Paul. And he says uh, in verse 1, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and he went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, which is what Christianity was known of, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus who, whom you are persecuting. And then Jesus gives them uh, some instructions. So this is the audible voice, and this is probably the highest level of hearing the voice of God. And what does it sound like? It sounds like an audible voice just like somebody in the world is talking to you. But I would imagine that when you hear this voice, it is a little bit more authoritative. It will get your attention. It got, it got Saul's attention. It definitely got John's attention. It will get your attention. Now, now let's go here and uh, let's also go back to this verse in John 10 4 because this talks about this John chapter 10 and verse 4 we were there already to kind of give you an, an intro but in John 10 uh, 4 we know that the major way that the Lord uh, ministers to us and tells us his voice is because he gives it to us by the Holy Spirit in that inner man. And so we see that the spirit of the Lord in uh, Proverbs, it says the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So out of our spirit will come an enlightenment and a voice. So in John chapter 10, if, in verse 4, what we read before, let me specifically show you something in there. It says, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They've learned to recognize a voice. Now, I'm going to differentiate that between the next way that God speaks and how you'll hear from him. But here it is specifically, not just a leaning or not just kind of a knowing. This is specifically a voice, but not necessarily an outer voice or an audible voice. Okay. And then if you go down to verse 27, you see it again. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
And so what he's saying is, I will speak to you in your spirit, where the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I will speak to you with a voice. I can tell you from experience, uh, one of the things that I've experienced, most of the time we'll get this third way of hearing God's voice. What does God's voice sound like? The three different ways. The first way is an audible voice. The second way is an inward voice. And the third way is an inward witness. Now, when I say inward voice and inward witness, we're talking about the spirit of man. And, and the proverb says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, this is where he will bring enlightenment. And he'll speak to that spirit of man two different ways. One will be an inward voice, and the second way will be an inward witness. Now, that witness we're going to talk about a lot because that is the main way that God will talk to us. But here's about the inward voice. Sometimes, like for instance, back in earlier this year, uh, I was waking up on a Sunday morning getting ready to preach, and as soon as I like opened my eyes, of I heard the voice of the Lord speak to my spirit strongly, and he said, it's time for an awakening. Now, those were very, here, let me talk about the inward voice. They were very specific words. The inward voice are specific words. Generally, when you hear the voice of God, it is authoritative. It's not like just a thought. There's an authority behind it because of who's speaking. Okay, So there's a differentiation between uh, the inward voice and a thought of your mind. And that is the authority that's in it. I've never really heard the voice of God in my spirit and questioned whether or not it was God. I knew it was God. If I have a question whether or not that was God and it was an inward voice, then that probably was the voice of my flesh in, in moving through my mind. Uh, and so you can generally tell the difference there. It always has an authority to it uh, in my experience. And, and that goes to reason because God is an ultimate authority. And it also says you will know his voice. So let me say this because I think a lot of people think that they're hearing from the Lord when they're actually hearing from their thinking, from their soulish realm. And they'll say, well, I heard the, the Lord say this. If it doesn't have an authority with it, I would say it needs to be questioned. If there's not an authority with it and you know, and a peace, there must be an authority and a peace because God moves in peace. He's, he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So when you hear the inward witness or the inward voice, uh, the inward witness uh, will have an authority with it, but specifically a peace. It, I would say it doesn't sense, the sense on it is not as strong as when you hear the inward voice. The inward voice is very specific, specific words. And when I hear that, I will immediately write down those exact words because God does not mince words. He doesn't just throw extra ones out there. He says exactly what he means and he means exactly what he says. And uh, when we go into that and when we talk about his voice, it is very specific words. Like for instance, I can tell you uh, what, I, what he said to me in February or March. It was March. What he said to me in March, I can still tell you today because it was very specific and it was authoritative. It's time for an awakening. I can remember uh, back in 2000 and, 
2007, I believe it was, uh, 2007, uh, we were getting ready to make a move in business, and it was very questionable. It was very illogical, but we believed we had heard from the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me about our house and where we were, and he said, I have given this place to you for many years. And it was specific words that I can, I can quote them today. Uh, other in times where I had the inward voice, um, it, it said something like this, I'm looking for people who will do the right things for long periods of time. Many times that inward voice, there is something that you do not forget. Uh, it's something that you will not uh, just pass off to the side. It will be easy for you to see and hear and remember because it was the Lord speaking in a peace and authority in there. Now, the third way uh, that God speaks to you is the inward witness. And I want to take a look at a couple of scriptures here. Let's look at Luke 24, 32. Luke 24, 32. Now, there's other scriptures about the inward voice. There's other scriptures about the inward witness. I'm just giving you a few. I'm just giving you a couple because I'm not spending a lot of time, but you can go and research it. Again, we'll put the link in the comments again, and I highly recommend it to you. Get the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, by Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. We'll put that link in there. All right, Luke 24, 32. This is a really interesting thing. Remember, uh, and let me just tell you, when you're seeking to be led by the Lord, something that you must remember is that it is the three parts of man is very important to understand. This is why I actually taught on that last week is because I wanted you to see the three parts of man and how they interact. And if you see them and understand them, you'll understand better how God speaks to you and what that function and flow looks like. So one of these is right here. Uh, Luke 24 and verse 32, and it says this. And if you know the story, the disciples, disciples were walking. Uh, this stranger comes up and starts talking to him, and he's talking about all the things that happened while Jesus was here. And, and look at what they said. Eventually, the man uh, is revealed as Jesus. They couldn't see it at first, but then he reveals himself as Jesus, and immediately they know this was the Lord, and here was their response. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Now, what are they saying? They're saying that in, inward man, that spirit man, that is the candle of the Lord, that, that inward man is now, it's giving a witness in their heart. So they say our hearts, that's, that's the inward man here. That's the core of who they are. Their hearts were burning. That, that spirit man was burning. It was given a witness that everything that Jesus was saying to them, even while they didn't know it was Jesus, it was true. It was a witness. This is Jesus. It was given them that witness. All right. This is the inward witness. Let me show you another way. So a lot of times with the inward witness, and this is the voice of God. It's the, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit without using words leading us to something that's right or wrong. Yes or no. Go or stop. It's leading us uh, to that. It will show us what to do. In this case, have you ever like gone to a store and, and you thought, 
I need to get out of here. This is not where I need to be. That can be the inward witness. That can be the inward witness talking. Now listen, tomorrow, uh, we're not done yet today, but tomorrow we're going to talk about is, is my gut, is that gut feeling the voice of God? Is that gut feeling the voice of God? We're going to talk about that. What is my conscience the voice of God? We're going to talk about that. And then tomorrow. And so now let's go to this verse. Watch this. Romans 9 and verse 1. I like this one for seeing the inward witness. Romans 9, I'll read it in the King James here. Romans 9 and verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. This is an inward witness of God that's saying this is what the truth is. This is what the truth is. This is what the truth isn't. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. The inward witness basically is a leaning to the left or to the right of what you should do, what's right, what's wrong, yes or no. It's where to go. It's that witness. Oh, this man that's speaking to us on the road. This is Jesus. It's, a, it's an inward witness. It's not words, but it's a knowing by the Holy Spirit that enlightens our spirit. And this inward witness is the main way. It's the main way that God speaks to us. And we can see that back in that original verse that we read, Romans 8 and verse 16. And I want you to see it again, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit Himself testifies or witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, this witness, this inward witness is telling us that we're born again. How important to our lives is it that we know that we're born again? And how did God tell us that we're born again? Not by speaking, you are born again. He didn't speak audibly. He didn't speak in our spirit. You are born again. Inside our spirit, man. No, he gave us a witness of it. Yes, you're mine. You know, it's that witness of, I know I'm the Lord. If something that important is given to us this way, you can see that God's going to utilize this inward witness many, many times. And so what does God's voice sound like? It sounds, it, sometimes it can sound audible. I, I, I'm trying to remember, have I ever heard the audible word of the Lord? I don't know that I have. Um, in my life. But do people hear it that way? Yes, they do. I know people that have heard it that way. Matter of fact, I will tell you this. I'm alive today because somebody heard the audible voice of God. But then the voice of, of the Spirit, the inward voice, I've heard that multiple times in my life. I hear that quite often. But the most often thing that I hear personally for me, and I believe it's backed up in Scripture, is the inward witness. It's kind of like that go signal Brother Hagin talks about. It's a yes or a no. This is what the voice of the Lord sounds like. And what did Jesus tell us? He said, my sheep know my voice and my voice will keep them basically in the path. I want them to walk in goodness and it'll keep them from calamity. All right. So now tomorrow we're going to talk about, is that gut feeling? Is that conscience? Is that the voice of God? We're going to examine that tomorrow and 
how to be led better and more. Today I'm going to give you several steps as we continue here. I'm going to give you several steps of how to hear from the Lord. And the first thing that I'll give you, and I like it because they already put these uh, links in the comments. They put the link to the book by Brother Hagen, how, how to be led by the Spirit of God. But the second thing that they put in there was the links to the three parts of man and a soul, a soul trap. Uh, are, have you fallen victim to a soul trap? Those things are so important uh, to remember. Here's what I want you to see now. We're going to talk about just some general steps of how to be led by God and uh, go for a few minutes on this. So the first thing that you want to do to be led by God is understand the three parts of man. When you understand the three parts of man, you will start to see God's plan of speaking to you and scriptures will make more sense to you. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what you have here is you have scripture showing us that every man has three parts. Number one, they are a spirit. They have a soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, and they live in a body. So the, the man, the person, and Scripture shows this all over the Scripture. This is why we studied it last week, because it is one of the major steps to hearing the voice of God and being led into his path and his good plan instead of falling prey to the devil's bad plan. you got to understand the three parts of man. That will also help you to understand a lot of Scripture. It's one of the major things. I'll tell you about this. Let me tell you the priority of it. As a pastor, what I found was that many people that I was leading over the years, before I could get them to understand actually what was happening in their spiritual lives, I found myself time and time and time again explaining the three parts of man so that they could see Scripture and how to apply it. And so what I found was very few people actually had understanding of this concept, which is completely scriptural, and they didn't understand who they were, that the real them is a spirit. The real them is not who they see in the mirror. Uh, it's kind of like if you had a house. I was reading this example in another book last night by Brother Hagen, The Triumphant Church. And uh, if the real man, if you had a house and you said that that house had termites, that wouldn't mean that you had termites. It would mean that your house had it. And so uh, in the three parts of man, you see that the real you is that spirit, but the house it lives in is the body. And then the, the spirit and the body, we have a mind which is, or a soul, the mind, will, and emotions. And uh, one of the things that you see, I think it's Luke, it's in the book of Luke. One of the things that you see is in the story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus, the rich man's body is on earth, but the real man, the rich man, the real man is in hell. His body is buried on the earth, but he's in hell and in hell with his real, the spirit man, he has his mind, will, and emotions. He remembers, he feels, he speaks, he sees, even though his body is on the earth, the body is the house. So one of the things like with healing, you can receive healing in your spirit. 
spirit man and it will manifest in the house. Even though your house, you know, if I have a broke arm, my house may still need be in need of repair. But if I'll receive that healing in my spirit man, then that, that healing can manifest to the house. And before long, I'll be healed and whole in my body. So you can see how healing works. You can see how the leading works. God's not speaking to the house most of the time. He's speaking to the spirit man. All right. So we, what you see here in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, is the Bible showing you the three different parts. I'll say this again. You are a spirit. You have a soul or the mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. Okay. Now, the second thing is Proverbs 20.27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. This is the verse I was talking about. Uh, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The King James says the candle of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. The spirit of man, this is the real you, and this is what the Lord illuminates. This is where he gives us his voice. Uh, Romans 8, 16, we already read it a couple of times. The Spirit Himself testifies not with our body, not with our mind. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit. This is the main way that God's going to communicate with us. And without understanding the three parts of man, you'll be trying to always hear an audible voice of God. And He's been talking to you all the time in your inner man, in, in your spirit. The second thing on how to be led by the Spirit is... Don't be emotional. Don't be emotional. Uh, a lot of people have been so wrapped up and they've taught to live in the soul, right? We talked about one of those links that they put in was a soul trap. We talked about this a lot. When we are wrapped up in the soul, in the intellectual and the emotional, then what happens is we have lived, if you'll review your life, most of our decisions come straight from the soul and not from the spirit. Most of, our, most of our life, we've been living and making decisions based off of emotion and based off of our logic, right? But not from the spirit. So, if, you know, don't be emotional or intellectual, right? And I'm not saying don't use your brain. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't be led by it. Let the Lord give you his leading and then your soul, the intellectual and emotion should run off of his leading first. In other words, the leading from the spirit man needs to be the origination of your thinking. It needs to be the origination of your emotions. But many times what we've been taught in this world is to take all the input from this physical world and process it into thoughts and emotions. And, and what we do is essentially kick out the leading of the spirit. And in order to be led by the Spirit of God, you've got to change that habit and you've got to turn it around and say, I'm going to be led by the Spirit first, not by logic and emotion of the world. All right. So the second thing, the second point on how to be led better by God and, and to uh, hear the voice of God better is to don't be intellectual and emotional. In other words, don't be soulish. You don't want to operate from there first. The origin should come from the Holy Spirit, 
to your spirit, and then it gives, produces thoughts and emotion based off of what God has said. This will help you to be led, and then we'll get into this a little bit more later, but uh, what happens is if we constantly listen to the worldly input of thoughts and emotions, we make the worldly input our source, which gets us more used to that source, and so we'll hear that easier than we do the voice of God in our, in our inner man. But if we'll change that habit and we'll start to be led by the Spirit of God, that will become more of the source and we'll hear that more and more clear. All right? The third thing is uh, don't, and let me just say this about emotion and logic, is don't be moved by fear. And don't be moved by pressure. So a lot of times I have people and they're coming up to a deadline and they, they need to know an answer. And what they do is they end up moving by a calendar date or they end up moving uh, by the pressure of somebody trying to get them to give, get, uh, give them an answer. And so they're like, I got to come up with something. Who said who said? Yeah, that's another thing uh, that the Lord said to me that uh, uh, Barrett just posted in the comments. Learn to recognize the emotion of fear. It's something the Lord said to me years ago because fear motivates a lot of emotions. And if you'll learn what that emotion feels like, seems like, makes you uh, feel and think like, then you will learn to recognize because God's not in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear and God is love. When you learn to recognize the emotion of fear, you'll learn what the voice of God doesn't sound like, and that'll help you actually hear the voice of God. When you recognize, oh, this is fear, this can't be God, right? Now you'll say, that's not God. Then this other voice that I'm hearing, this is the Lord, and you'll start to train yourself in hearing the voice of God better. Uh, learn to recognize the emotion of fear, and don't be moved by fear and pressure. Don't be moved by fear and pressure, okay? The third thing to, uh, to overcome listening to worldly voices and to hear the voice of God better is don't be habitual, okay? Don't be habitual. In other words, I've done this this way for all my life and, and it's worked good so far. Has it? Does your life look like heaven? Because Jesus said, pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If our life doesn't fully look like heaven, then we need to give ourselves to the discipline of the Lord and change. And we don't need to be uh, conformed or molded to our habits that we've lived by the past. Many people, all they do, they come up to a situation and all they do is what they've always done. And if you want to be led by the Lord, you've got to be willing to break those habits. For example, one of the things that I'll say is concerning doctrine. If you want to grow in the Lord, one of the first things that you need to do is you need to be able to take what you think you know, put it on the altar of God, and see if it survives the fire, the consuming fire of the Lord. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how I think, all of my habits, all of my beliefs, I need to be able to put it on the altar of the Lord, and if it doesn't survive the fire, it was not worth doing. And our habits need to be the exact same way. Many times, uh, you know, what we need to do is look to change our habits. Lord, how do you want me to change it? We habitually will go into a lot of areas and we think this is what God's saying. And what we need to do is actually challenge that habit. 
We need to challenge that habit and say, is this actually what God wants me to do? So don't just uh, do everything by habit. And don't think that he's always going to tell you the same thing. I've had times where the Lord led me a certain way, but then uh, many times he's led me a certain way. But then he says, this time I want you to do it a different way. I've seen him do that. So we can get into a worldly, logical habit and miss the voice of God. If you want to hear from the God, be uh, from, from the God. If you want to hear from the Lord, then you want to be willing to break habits. Because here, who here that's listening to this has lived a perfect life? Who's lived a perfect life and right now you are living exactly like Jesus, carrying the full weight of the Holy Ghost and His glory in your life? Who's done that? And if you can't say, I'm doing that 100% right now, uh, then that means there's some habits that need to change. And so be willing to put those habits on the altar. And if you do say, I'm living 100% like Jesus in the fullness of his glory, and you're hearing this, I'm going to challenge your leading in the first place. Because I don't know anybody that's doing that. And if you were doing that, the truth is you would be all over the news because there'd be such a clamor around you uh, that people would be noticing and they, you would be newsworthy, right? But I don't see that. I don't see anybody that's walking, even filled with the glory like most. Moses did when he spent time with, with the Lord. Where are those people? This is what we're growing toward. This is what we're believing to move toward right now. But we've got to be willing to change our habits and move into that place. Here's a huge one. If you want to hear from the Lord, you cannot be biased. And I want us to look at this verse, Jeremiah 24, 7. I want us to look at this verse, Jeremiah 24, 7. I turned past it. Then we're also going to go into Jeremiah 11 uh, shortly after that, or 29. Right now, Jeremiah 24 and verse 7. This is an absolute huge point of being led. I want you to see this. We'll read this. 24, 7 says, I will give them God talking. I will give them his people, a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. They will return to me with their whole heart. In other words, when we go to the Lord and when we are received as His people and we receive Him as our God, there's one way that we need to do that. That's with our whole heart. Now we're going to talk about what that means here in just a second. Now go to 29, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. 29, 11 through 14. I read this verse already, uh, or I quoted it. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare or for you to fare well and not for calamity. God has zero plans for calamity in your life. If, if calamity happens, that is not in God's plan for your life if you are part of his family. And if you're not a part of his family, you can become a part of his family by accepting Jesus and immediately you will fall into the category. God has no plans for your calamity. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for you to fare well, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. 
right? Hope means joy. To give you a future and joy. To give you a future, hope means confidence. To give you a future and confidence, a boldness. To give hope means an expectation. To give you a future and something to look forward to, to expect. So all of these are the plans of God. But how do those plans come about? You will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. He says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So again, in 24-7, Jeremiah 24-7, and in Jeremiah 29-11, both of those, what you see is, you see God saying, you will seek me, return to me, and find me. Now, when you find God, you're not just finding a person, you're finding his will for your life. You will find the leading of God. You will find him when? When we search for him with all of our heart. If you want to be led by God, one of the major, and I mean this is major, one of the major things you have to do is you have to search after him with all of your heart, with your whole heart, which means I can't enter into this with a biasness. I can't be biased. I can't have a thinking one way or the other, this is what I really want. I've got to look at God and say, you are so good. You love me so much with an everlasting love. Whatever you tell me is going to be love. And you can see everything, know everything that's going to happen. So if you tell me something, your love and your character and your nature demands that it be the very best. And because this is the way that you are, I'm going to give my whole self to you all of my heart, I'm going to seek you with my whole heart. I'm going to throw out any bias because whatever I think I want it, whatever I think I need pales in comparison to whatever you're going to tell me. Let that sit. Whatever I think I want or whatever I think I need pales in comparison because of my own uh, corruption in the flesh because of my, and, and the flesh that's trying to get me to go one way and think certain thoughts, and because of my own lack of seeing everything like you see everything, what I want and what I need pales in comparison to, Father, what you want and what you think I need. So I give myself to you without any bias. Whatever you tell me to do, whether my flesh likes it or doesn't like it, I'm getting unbiased. And whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Now, this is absolutely a huge, huge deal. This is one of the biggest hindrances uh, to people being led because they think they know what's right. They think they know what to do. But the problem is there's more variables than what we can see. God can see all the variables. And so when any, I want you to see if we're going to find him with all of our heart, If we don't give him all of our heart, if we don't give him all of our heart, then what it's saying is you're not going to find him. You're not going to find him with a bias there. So let me give you a very simple example of this. 
One time I was picking out a car and I went and there were two cars there. They were exact same model, exact same features. The only difference was one was blue and one was red. At the time, I was really, really conservative in my thinking and colors, so I wanted the blue one. I didn't want the red one. I went through the paperwork and everything, and uh, by the time I got everything ready, it was about a week later, somebody had bought the blue car. And I wanted the blue car, but I'd done so much work on it that I, I said, you know what? I, I, wanted the, I wanted the blue car, but I'm not going to go through this process again. Give me the red car. Well, it turns out that red car was a great car. I mean, it was a great car. And not only was it a great car, it, it, it performed well for me. It didn't really have any issues or problems. And the truth is, I really grew to like the red. I really liked it. Like, I, I, I remember walking up to the car and going, I just like that red, you know. I would have never imagined that I would have liked that red like that. I would have never imagined that. And when I was picking out that car, I would have never thought that. Now, here's the issue. Had I gone to the Lord, and at that time I wasn't seeking Him like I'm seeking Him now, and uh, I think I, I did pray about it, but it wasn't on the same level. I wish I would have, but it wasn't on the same level. But had I gone to God in that moment, I would have been biased. I'd, I'd have said, Lord, which car do you want me to get? And I would have been thinking, I really want the blue car. Well, according to these verses, I wouldn't have really heard an answer from him. He did just let me make the decision because why? It wasn't that he wasn't broadcasting, but my biasness blocked his voice. Because if I'm not seeking him with all my heart, then what's going to happen is I'm not going to find his voice. I'm not going to find him. And so if I would have said, Lord, I really, really, I just really want, you know, to hear what you say, but on the inside, I might not say it to him, but on the inside, I'm really going, I really hope he says the blue one. I really hope he says the blue car. I, that'd be really nice. Let, please be saying, please say the blue car. Please say, what am I doing? I'm completely biased. I'm compl I haven't dealt with that. What, see, what I haven't dealt with is, do I really trust him? Bias really deals with the issue of, you know, a, a lack of bias, a bias or a lack of bias really deals with, do I trust God? Because if I really trust him, if I give him, if I yield that question to him, then I, and if I'm unbiased, I really do not care what he says back to me. I don't have one or the other that I want. I really don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, I, if he says blue, I'm 100% good with blue. If he says red, I'm 100% good with red. But many times we've not checked that bias in us before we ask of the Lord or before we inquire of the Lord, and our biasness blocks his answer. And how would, see, here's the thing God knew what I wanted more than I knew what I wanted. He knows everything. He sees down the road. He sees the future. He knows it all. He knew better which car would be better. You know, as far as I know, that blue car could have been a piece of junk made on the same factory line, but it just, you know, sometimes one's a piece of junk and one's great. It might have been great. I don't know. I don't know who bought it, but I know mine was awesome. 
And it was never what I expected. God knows the desires of your heart. He wants to get you the desires of your heart. That's why we can say, Lord, I trust you, and I'm going to remove all bias. I'm going to give you my whole heart. I'm going to give you all of my heart, like these scriptures in Jeremiah says, and you make a promise, I'll find you. I'll find you. When we get rid of bias, we will start hearing the voice of the Lord better. Amen. And then I I wrote this down. I wrote a couple of statements. Many times we miss supernatural things from God because our flesh doesn't want to even acknowledge certain leadings from the Holy Spirit. Let me say that one more time. (laughs) Many times we miss the supernatural things of God because our flesh doesn't want to even acknowledge certain leadings from the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another example of this. When Nicole and I first started dating, right, uh, she was not raised to be entrepreneurial in her thinking like I was. She wasn't raised to think business or the importance of uh, social skills in that way. That wasn't her norm. That wasn't what she normally would think of, right? And in terms of social ability and skills, She wasn't very skilled. She had a poor self-esteem. And so when we would get in those those situations, she would just close up and clam up and be quiet. And she would just watch her. And it was basically because she had a very low self-esteem as one. And she didn't have the skill in that. Well, we go to the very first, one of the very first times after we were dating, we go to a business meeting. And uh, I asked her just to say hello to the people when they would say hello uh, to her. And uh, she's saying, nope. <laughs> I asked her, I said, just when, when you, uh, somebody talks to you, say hello to them and uh, just, just talk to them a little bit. And uh, she literally had a complete breakdown. Like we had to go to another room and she was like snot snobbing, you know, snuffing. Like, I mean, she was, she was a mess. And I was like, oh my goodness, what just happened to my girlfriend? (laughs) And uh, it surprised me. Now, here's the thing. At that point in her life, had she gone and asked the Lord uh, what he wanted her to do, she would have never believed that he would have her pastor a church and be speaking to people every week. As a matter of fact, she wouldn't have even entertained that question because she was so biased about her social skills. She was so biased in her self-esteem that she would not have even entertained that question. Matter of fact, I think if God would have shared with her at that moment what she is doing today, she would have ran from Brian Wright and we would have never seen each other again. But God knew that she had that fear there. God knew he had that, she had that bias there. But here's what I'm saying. Many times we don't even ask. See, I can't imagine Nicole asking that question at that time. Like she would not have asked that question, Lord, do you want me to be a pastor and, and speak to people publicly? She would not have answered. It would have been almost an absolute no at that period of time. Unless, unless the Lord just came down and I mean supernaturally told her to do it a different way. She would have, she would have just not, she wouldn't have even entertained it. In other words, her bias would have actually kept her from even asking about her destiny. Now, God's so merciful, and he helped us, and he helped her to move along that path, and now she's doing great and mighty things uh, for the Lord. But the issue is bias 
would have stopped her from her destiny. Hear that. Biasness can stop you from your destiny. Now, let me read this statement again with that in mind. Many times we miss the supernatural things of God because our flesh doesn't want to even acknowledge certain leadings from the Holy Spirit. Doesn't even want to acknowledge that that's a potential. I've heard people say this before to me. They're like, well, I, I'll, I'll forgive them this time, but I'm never going to talk to them again. That's a bias. You start saying absolutes like that, you literally cut your destiny off. You start to prophesy into your destiny what you're not going to do. And God, how do you know that God's not going to lead you to go do something you don't want to do? He may do that exact thing. He may have you go apologize for something you didn't even do. And so many times our bias, and what, now watch this, the bias that the world has taught us is keeping us out of the flow of the supernatural power of God. And it's definitely keeping us out of the flow of hearing the voice of God. This is a major, major issue. Here's another thing. Here's another bias uh, statement. Often we have looked at our limitations or our own resources that we have at hand and say no when God was asking us to do something. Let me give you a biblical example of this. Matthew chapter 14, the feeding of the 5,000. What are the disciples? The disciples are biased because of what they don't have. They're biased because of their own resources of what they have in their hand. So they're not even entertaining the thought that God could do a miracle. They're biased, so they're not even asking, really. I mean, they go to Jesus and say, what do you want us to do? But that's not on, they, you know, it was hard for them to walk in a miracle that day had it not been for Jesus. Jesus helped them, and God had mercy on them. But had it not been for Jesus there, the disciples are not doing a miracle that day. Their biasness would have kept them out of the miracle. But Jesus didn't see what, what he had available and the resources, he didn't have a bias towards what was seen. The just shall walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus saw what God can do. What, whose ability is, am I bringing to the table with my faith? Whose ability am I bringing to the table by getting unbiased? Whose power and whose authority? That's what Jesus saw. That's what Jesus saw. And so he says, look, he, sa he says, what do we have? And, and because whatever we have, God will multiply it. God will do it. Let me say this. Often we've not looked at our, limit, at our limitations and our own resources. Or often, excuse me, often we have looked at our limitations. We think that we're not capable. We've looked at what we have in our hand and we say no when God was asking us to do something. So we say no before we even hear the voice of God because we've been looking at what's in our hand and what's physically available or what our skill set is or isn't. We're looking at that more than we're looking at the ability of God. And so we go in biased and a lot of times we don't even ask. We don't even ask. And Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Here's what we, one of the things we need to always do is always take the unlimited God factor into consideration. Take God's factor, the God factor into consideration. In other words, here's what I mean by that. We'll take what we have in our hand and we'll multiply it by the God factor, by unlimited God. 
We need to take the unlimited God factor into consideration because whatever we have multiplied by unlimited God is going to equal a supernatural thing. So don't be biased by looking at what you have. You know, even this broadcast. Do you know how we started this broadcast? We started several years ago, many years ago now, with three cameras that cost $160 a piece. And by following the leading of God and giving it to the Lord and not being biased in our thing, well, this is not good enough to get started. Start. If God's given you a direct. Now, if he hadn't told you, don't. Don't start. But if he has, start with what you have. Take those five loaves and two fish, offer them to God, multiply it by an unlimited God factor and see what God can do. This broadcast right now is meeting or entering into hundreds and thousands of homes all the time. And it's simply because we were obedient with what I would consider junky equipment. But God took it and used it. What you're bringing to the table may appear junky. But if you offer it to God, it stops being junk and it starts being something that God can multiply by himself and turn it into something supernatural. Amen. Amen. I said, then when we ask Jesus, do do we, you know, a lot of times our bias is, okay, I'm going to ask Jesus what he wants to do. But we already have assumptions. Well, I know he's going to say this. Do you? Do you know that he's going to say that? I'm not sure you do know that. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll tell you something that blows you out of the water. Stop making assumptions. An assumption is a bias. And if you have that bias, you're not going to be able to hear clearly. Many times, I'll tell you this as a pastor, many, many, many times people say, I'm just not hearing from the Lord on this. One of the first things I'll tell them, because it's such an issue and such a big issue, I'll say, are you biased? You know, check your bias. You need to check how you're thinking on this. Do you really want him to say this? Well, I don't want him to say that. That's a bias. And how are you going to hear from him if you're not seeking him with all your heart? You've got to be willing for him to say whatever he wants to say. Lord, I don't care what you say because I know whatever you tell me, it's going to be the best. So don't make assumptions that he's going to say one thing or the other. Even if you are asking him, finally get to the place where you ask him about it. Don't make assumptions. Get that bias out of the way. It's this kind of bias that will hold back the leading of God. But when we will deal with our bias and remove it, we can hear and we will find God. When you remove bias, you will find God. Put that in the comments. When you remove bias, you will find God. Amen. And then this is the last one that I'm going to cover for today. Uh, The fifth one is, let me give you those again, just so you know. So the first one is to have, hear more and hear clearly from the Lord. Understand the three parts of man. Understand the three parts of man. The second thing is, uh, don't move by worldly uh, intellectual, by, uh, let me put it this way, don't move by worldly logic and emotion. Don't move by worldly logic and emotion. Number three, uh, don't move by worldly habits alone. Don't move by worldly habits. Number four, remove bias. Remove biases. And number five, Moved by the peace of God. So Colossians 3.15, let's read that real quick. This is a huge one as well. Very, very, very big thing. Moved by the peace of God, Colossians 3 and verse 15 says, 
let the peace of God rule in your hearts or rule in your spirit man or rule in, in, in you. To let the peace of God rule in the real you to which you indeed called in one body and be thankful. In other words, what the peace of God is saying in your heart, let that be the rule. Okay? What the peace of God is saying in your heart, let that be the rule. Let that be the rule. Now, one thing that I'll show you here is this, is that you can have, when you understand the three parts of man, I have my spirit man, that's in this verse, is my heart, and then I have the mind, will, and emotions. I can have peace in my heart and have confusion in my mind. And so many times this is what messes up people when they're hearing the voice of God is they don't understand the difference. I can also have peace in a worldly thinking, but I can have a lack of peace in my heart. And that's God telling me, don't do that. And so let me give you examples of that. So if I have peace in my heart, uh, you know, in other words, let's say that God uh, is telling you to forgive somebody that did you wrong, Right. Your mind, a lot of times, if it's unrenewed, it'll be saying, I ain't, I'm not asking, asking for forgiveness from that person. And in your mind, there's a lack of peace. But in your heart, you know that's what you should do. You know you should ask for that forgiveness. You know that's what I need to do. I need to go to that person, and I need to make peace with them and ask for forgiveness. But your mind's going, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And so this confuses a lot of people because they don't understand the three parts of man. But what does the Bible tell us? It tell us, tells us, follow the peace that's in your heart. And so by understanding this relationship, letting the peace of God rule in your heart, you'll start to hear that voice of the Lord. When your brain and a worldly logic and emotions going, no, you'll know God in my heart, in my spirit man is going, yes, this is what you need to do. And if you'll learn to follow that instead of that worldly logic, you'll be right on target. Now, another way is if your brain, if a worldly logic and emotion likes it, Right. But your heart saying no. So, for example, like a temptation, like a worldly temptation, you know, you see something, maybe it's a movie and you know you shouldn't watch that movie. You know, you know that in your heart that you don't have peace to watch that movie. But what's your worldly logic and emotion going? It's going, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want to see that. I want to feed this flesh nature. I want to feed it. So in, in an unrenewed mind, your mind could be saying, yes, I won't. But in your heart, it's going, no, you don't need this. This is the inward witness of God. It's the voice of God speaking to you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And this is another thing to learn when uh, the voice of the Lord is talking to you. This is another thing that I found as I was growing, when I was really unclear about some of this, uh, this really helped me is I found that after I made a decision, I would almost instantaneously know that whether it was the right decision or not. In other words, peace will follow a godly choice. Peace in your heart will follow a godly choice. And uh, many times I've been, I've been buying presents for people and I'll say, I think this is what the Lord's leading me to do. And I'll make that purchase. And all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, that was the right, that was it. That was the gift God wanted me to get that person. Will God, will God tell you what gift to give, give somebody? Yes, he absolutely will. He will show you exactly that. And uh, peace will follow a godly choice. Peace will follow that. And if it's not,
not godly, you'll have, uh, you'll, you won't have peace. It'll be some uh, check, so to speak. You'll be like, eh, that didn't, that didn't feel right. And so recognize that. And of course, if you can change that decision, then change it. But in your spirit, man, in your heart, uh, you will have that check or that peace. Follow that peace and let that peace rule and reign in your heart. And you're on the way to hearing the voice of God and moving into the places of his blessing more and more and more. Amen. So one of the things that will happen is even in our giving, even in our giving, all of these things come into play. And as we're in our giving, we need to be led by the Lord. I remember one time I was in a place and um, I was at a meeting. I, I didn't necessarily like the speaker. Uh, actually, I think I didn't like him. And I was sitting there and I got to the end of the meeting and I heard the voice of the Lord say, I want you to sow this amount. And to me at that time, it was a big amount, right? And I was like, God. And in my head, I was going, I don't want to do this. I, no, this doesn't even make sense. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills at the end of the week. I don't want to sow into this. But I knew I had peace in my heart. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that. And so I sowed into that way. I sowed exactly what the peace of God, I let the peace of God rule that day in my actions. And so I didn't have any, I, we were able to pay the bills at the end of the week. I don't remember how all that came around, but it definitely uh, worked out. There was no big problem. So I, and as soon as I gave it, I knew this is right. Well, years later, uh, Nicole and I needed some money, like on a, we need it and we need it now. And it was a lot more than what we sowed. And I remember hearing I'd grown in my leading of the Lord. And I remember uh, the money coming in supernaturally that we needed in our personal finances. And immediately the spirit of the Lord spoke to me on the inside in the inner, uh, inward voice. And or he gave me a, this was the inward witness. He gave me a leading. I knew what he was saying. I had that inward witness immediately. And that inward witness was, you remember when you sowed that? Yeah, I do remember that seed. He said, when you sowed that, that's this today is the harvest on what you sowed then. I went, praise God, I sowed that. I didn't know that that was coming up. I didn't know that I needed a harvest of this size, but God did. And so as I was obedient those years before, he brought about that harvest that I needed right on time. And it was much more than what we had sown. So a lot of times in our giving and in our sowing, we need to seek the voice of the Lord and don't be biased about it. We open and we say, Lord, you know what's best for me. Tell me what to do. I want to give you whatever you tell me. Right. I purpose in my heart to give you and sow whatever it is you tell me. And then if he tells you to sow a little, sow a little. If he tells you to sow a lot, sow a lot. Because whatever he tells you, he knows what's coming up in your life. And so as you give today, uh, you're welcome to give. You can go to giveww.org or on Facebook. You can type in the comments, hashtag donate followed by the amount. But not just today, every day of your life, give with a, a leading of the Lord guiding you. And you will be right in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. You'll have the right seed in the ground. You'll have the harvest at the right time. If we learn how to not be biased, let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Don't give habitually. 
right? A lot of people just give a certain amount. I know some people that have said, even it's a good amount, you know, they give a certain amount every single time, but they get in such a habit that there's no leading involved with it. And, and God has a redirection off that course and they miss it because they're giving out a habit. So they miss hearing the voice of the Lord or they're biased or they're not listening to the peace or they're giving out of emotion. Well, I don't even like this guy. I don't even like this guy. So I'm not giving to him. What would have happened if I wouldn't have given that day? I'd have been stuck in that jam years later, and it would have been, it would have hurt, right? Because I was given out of emotions and out of logic. Well, I need this money before the end of the week. See, but God handled all of that. If we want to hear the voice of the Lord, we have to open all of these things up and say, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Amen. So this is today talking about how to be led and what does the voice of God sound like? What are the ways the voice of God sounds like? Number one, the audible voice. Number two, the inward voice. Number three, the inward witness. And we talked about how to grow that. So tomorrow we're going to answer this question. Is, is that gut feeling or is, my, is that my conscious? Is that the voice of God or is that just me? We're going to talk about that tomorrow, and we'll continue to talk about other ways to be led by God. I'm looking forward to it. For everybody, right now, if you want to sow, you're welcome to put that uh, in the comments or go to giveww.org. I just want to pray over it. Father, right now, anybody as a minister of your gospel that is sowing into the gospel, whether they're partnering with us to get the gospel out or whether they're sowing specifically into this message to consecrate this message in their lives, Lord, I need more manifestation of what Pastor Brian's talking about. Whether they're given for that or they're just given out of love and they're given a recurring partnership and saying, I'm partnering with you. Lord, whatever it is, Father, I ask that you bless it. It represents their trust. It represents their love. It represents their life. Lord, it is precious seed in your kingdom. We see it. We honor it. And Lord, I ask that you would multiply it. Take that precious seed that precious seed is the most valuable seed. Take that precious seed, Lord, and I ask that you would multiply it to the biggest harvest that it can be. Let it be 100% of what you want to come back to them. Let there be no lack in that harvest or getting it to them. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for it, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I see a couple of those that came in. Lord, bless that. And we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to turn it over to Barrett. We love you so very much. Thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to talking to you more about how to be led tomorrow. See you then. Here's Barrett. Thanks for joining us today for our Lunch Plus broadcast. If you enjoyed today's video, then make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Brian Wright. And here on Facebook, like and share our page, Brian and Nicole Wright and whatsright.com here on Facebook so that you can stay up to date with our most frequent videos. We have daily videos coming out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes bonus content. So you don't want to miss any of that. Like, share, subscribe, and help us get the gospel to a generation that needs it. We thank you so much for being on with us today. We're going to be back tomorrow for part three in this series. Take the link to this and share it with somebody who you know would be blessed by this. And really, that's pretty much anybody you know. And tomorrow, we will be back at 1130 with our What's Right Bakery. Find out what things we're going to be turning into, what sort of baked items. It's going to be interesting and awesome. And 
It's going to be great. We love you. Be blessed. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we'll be back at 1130 a.m. tomorrow.